Hey, what's up, Tom? What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe. I mean, you, do your research. You can't find better. No. And a free card reader. And a free card reader. That's right. <laughs> Which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah. And also, we want to bring to the family. Yeah. So uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your, to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product, but they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, I was way undercharging, like, for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing, so now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using. And, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, sit with my best bud. Tony, what's up, man? What's going on, bruh? 
So uh, this is part two. I'm pretty excited. Um, what, what, we, what we've done is that we're going to break uh, these podcasts up into three segments. This is part two of one. Today we're talking about culture with Brian Noonish. Um, super excited again. He's just so brilliant. Um, yeah. I can't I mean, wait to get it. Last week we talked about what? Value, purpose, vision. Well, just how do you define it? And like that's and an he defined he defined you know uh, culture with uh, you know values, purpose, and vision. Yeah, and, and it was just brilliant. I mean, literally, we're we're both sitting here just staring at the screen, like <laughs> you know, can't get enough of it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I guess this week we're going to get more into uh, what? Like we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk into uh, about like shared beliefs and like how to like you know what does that mean as far as culture goes? So. Uh, you know, if if you didn't listen to last week's, make sure that you pause this now, go back and listen to it, and then come and then and then um, uh, come back to this podcast. Absolutely. All right, cool. Let's get it. So, uh, well, let's give it. So, Brian, he actually owns a salon in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's called Blow. If you uh, B L O, if you don't know it, look it up, and you'll you'll see why he's so brilliant. Yep. Um, and you'll also know in about two minutes why he's so brilliant. Yep. And uh, and he talks about all this in his book, Blowing Away, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll get into at the end of the podcast. But it's uh pretty impressive yeah and he'll tell us uh, how to get that uh as well so let's get let's get into it so mr brian nunes welcome back for uh part two of uh on well welcome back to your day off and part two of uh of culture hello fellas thanks for having me i feel like a member of the family now you oh, are you yeah. are I, I offered you up tony's chair last week and uh you know you can uh you can still grab it <laughs> <laughs> but you can take over the whole thing if you want <laughs> yeah exactly i don't think the headsets would fit on my big head <laughs> I don't think your head's bigger than my head, man. I got a big nugget. <laughs> I got two big noggins over here, well, <laughs> f- filled with the knowledge. So, uh, so Brian, last week we got into, uh, you know, how, um, you know, how, you know, Brian and how Blow defines culture, and then, um, you know, again this week, uh, this this week I get excited because it's about, you know, um, like sharing beliefs or how to share beliefs or whatever. So, um, just if you if you can just kind of like. Uh, give us one minute of, uh, of of how you defined it, and then we'll move forward. Yeah, so um, real simple. Um, you know, culture exists whether you're intentional about it or not, and it's ultimately derived from your values, your purpose, and the vision of your organization. And the idea is um, is that it will come into its existence by getting others around you to identify with your brand as much as you do. And so um, that all comes from your values, purpose, and vision. It feeds the culture, um, which also feeds your brand. And then it ultimately feeds your guests' experience and your staff's experience within your organization. Love it. So this, and this to me is like the real like management, like challenge, right? So once we've defined what those are as, you know, as a person or or what, you know, as the leader, what this organization is going to look like. How do you how do you pass that on? What's that conversation like? How do you get people to buy in? Does it take a long time? You know, do, do you have to weed through people? Do you? I guess here's the, I guess here's here's my question, and let me know if it's related. If not, just tell me to shut up. But you know, are you finding people that believe you're in your culture, or are you encouraging one to believe in your culture? Do you know what I'm saying? That's a great question. <clears throat> so you would think that when you define what your values are. Uh, within your organization that it, it that it repels you know that it weeds people out that it that it omits that it's threatening um i could see how someone might look at that particularly in communicating them within an interview process because you know let's be honest how how often do you feel like someone that's coming out of hair school or that's relocated to a new area 
is talking with an owner about what the values and the purpose and the vision is of the organization. Most of the conversations are going to be, at least in my experience for the first 14 years of being in business, are about how much walk-ins do you get? You know, uh, what's my commission going to be? Uh, how long do I have to, to assist before I can get a chair? Those sorts of things. Um, so so it, to be in a leadership position, to communicate what your values are, you, you definitely put yourself initially, it, it can feel like it's a vulnerable position that you're going to repel people away. You know, what if they don't value transparency like I do? What if they don't value family like I do? Um, or whatever your values are? What if trust isn't as important to them? Um, what if there are situations that they're willing to, to compromise on that you're just no compromise? And so you have to weigh that against the talent in front of you and their ability to create revenue for your business. But what I found after identifying values, after creating a purpose, after developing a vision, and then getting more succinct at communicating those situations at nausea, or those three things at nausea within situations in the daily business, what you actually create is an invitation. It's an invitation. It's, hey, here is what's important to us. Here is how we make decisions. Here is how we create our attitudes and our beliefs. Here is how we developed our shared behaviors and our characteristics and practices. Here is why we use the technology and systems and tools that we've developed. Would you like to be a part of it? And so what it does to the people that are coming in from the outside is it feels more like an invitation. It feels more like clarity. It feels more like, hey, I can make a decision based on these things versus how much walk-ins am I going to get? And can I get every other Saturday off? Because you and I both know that stuff feels important when there's too much month at the end of the money. But ultimately, <laughs> when you write that ship, you want to work in an environment that shares the same values that you do, even if you don't know that yet. Mm -mm. Have you ever ran into uh, like someone after you said you gave them that invitation and they're like, well, that's not for me or... Uh, vice versa that you know they came on and you realize you know even though they're a great hairdresser they just don't share those values and you and you revisit it and and you know you have challenges with it or totally get where you're going with that and yes to both and i i have a a recent example of a new hire from a, a young lady named caitlin who moved here from utah and she's uh, just began our, her journey in our salon. We have an onboarding process for experienced stylists that we didn't have initially. We only hired people um, out of school because that's the only systems that we had developed that wouldn't compromise our culture. And so now we've developed systems and practices and behaviors and characteristics within the values of our organization that don't compromise our values that allow us to bring in people with experience successfully into the culture rather than just throwing them in and hoping that they that it fits you know just throwing people into the deep end of the pool to see if they can swim and so during the interview process a really interesting thing happened you know you can imagine 
when you're a new hairdresser, you're relocating. We've all been through it. It doesn't matter what you were in the salon that you were at. This is one of those fields where you got to start all over again. You know, you're going from making six figures to making $10 an hour. And that's just the way it is. And it should remind everyone that what you're selling is not your hair. You're selling time. If you were selling hair, you could move from Utah to North Carolina and start making six figures right away. But you've got to create value for your own time. There's a lot of fear that goes into that for a hairdresser that's moving across the country. And so they're going to ask questions that are related to you know, money. You know, When am I going to start making money? They're succumbing to their fear. And so I asked her, I was like, what's the number one thing that you're looking for in an environment? And her answer was community. That's what she wanted. Well, as someone who's been involved with Blow for 15 years, I know if there's one thing that I can offer her in addition to six figures, because I've got several hairdressers that earn that amount of money at Blow, is community. And so then we start articulating what our community is about how we built this community, why we have the community, what our attitudes and beliefs are, what our behaviors and characteristics and practices are and where they stem from so that she can have an internal conversation to see if she aligns with us. But ultimately we get to a point in the conversation where she says, and this is common, this is not singling Caitlin out, this is very common in all hair salons and it's been common at Blow since we've been open, the conversation is, well, you know, I've got an offer from another salon and they're ready to put me on the floor. And I'm looking at this beautiful, talented, un unquestionably talented hairdresser that's got a great, uh, she's very articulate, she's empathetic. Clearly, she can go on the floor right away with some, some level of competency and can build a compensatory relationship with clients right away, which is going to benefit my business right away. And there's another salon out there that's recognized that and has offered her a position to put her on the floor. And I just said to her, you know, that's a decision that you're going to have to make for you. But I'm looking to build a long-term relationship with the people that come on to blow. And I know from my experience that if I bring you on and put you on the floor right away, I'm going to put, I'm going to tie one hand behind your back because you haven't had to adopt or, or, or be influenced by the values, purpose, and vision of this organization to see if it aligns with you. You haven't gone through what everybody else has gone through here. And so well, I would just remind you of what you told me was the most important thing to you in finding a new environment, and that is community. And I can offer you community. And once you come in, you'll decide whether it's for you or not, but if you take a few steps backwards and find that the number one thing that you were looking for, you got it here, you're going to propel forward financially. That's going to be a result of you committing to making decisions based on what your values are. You told me that you value community. Now you have to make a decision. Are you going to make your decision based on somebody offering you a chair are you going to make your decision based on somebody offering you what you told me was your number one reason to come to a salon? Now, 
to, to answer the second part of your question, does somebody answer yes to that question and get all starry eyed and come in? And the truth is that, you know, trust, humility, transparency, authenticity, and family aren't as important to them as they first articulated. Yes, that happens. And it reveals itself only in a culture that can communicate those things on a regular basis. In other words, if you don't understand what your values are, and you're not surrounded by a group of people who are bought in, then somebody from the outside who says that they're committed to those things will ultimately take your ship in another direction. But when you're surrounded by a collective consciousness that's committed to the values that you've articulated, you've got what's called a strong intentional culture. And that person will either fall in or that noose will be tightened. And it's not a noose of account. It's not a, it's not a punitive noose. It's just, look, it's going to be revealed whether you share these values or not. And if you don't, it will be revealed whether you can work within these value systems and grow collectively with us. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's not a repellent. It's really an invitation. Mm. Yeah, that, no, no. See, right got me speechless man right that's i i kind of i kind of want to go um i want to i want to go back a little bit brian and just like what's that first i'm blown away by the by the by the confidence of it and 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 i know that that we've talked before and like a, a lot of your shift happened in humility but like you've decided that that you have these values and these this 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 belief system like how do how do you go from like okay we need to like adopt the, this belief system. How do you go from that to actually communicating it and, and communicating it with the confidence that this is, this is the way that it is? Well, I think you just learn from experience. Um, I want to also point out what should be obvious, but it may not be. I'm, I have to be accountable to these things too. A hundred percent. As the owner. More so. A thousand percent. Yeah, because the more succinct and the more clear your values, purpose, and vision are, the less room you have to bullshit people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're going to get called out regularly when you're not um, uh, living within the values that you've established. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's a that's an important thing too. You become accountable to the collective. It's not me managing this ship. Right. So I'll tell you, um, I have a, um, a situation. I was with Frankie, my daughter, we were at a grocery store and we had gone to the store. I was going to prepare dinner for a friend of mine. And, um, we're standing near, you know, we're going through the aisles and stuff and she's standing near the olive bar. She's like, dad, I really like olives you know, she's working me. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I know you like olives, Frankie. And she goes, I really wish I had some olives right now. And so I know you wish you'd have some olives and you know, there's olives over here, dad. And she keeps on and on and on. And so, you know, luckily the recipe that we were making for dinner called for olives. So we went to the olive bar, we picked out some olives. We did the rest of our shopping and we get up to the, the, the checkout counter. And as we're going through the checkout counter, you know, as a parent, there's all these things that are that are accessible to kids. Like, there's no example why, or no um, accident why they put gum and all this other stuff at at eye level for a six year old, right? 
And so <laughs> Frankie, as she's loading the, the stuff up on top of the, the conveyor belt, um, she's messing with the olives a little bit. I can tell that she wants to, to reach in and grab that, grab one. And so I said, um, Frankie, you know, we got to pay for that first. It's sold by weight. So just chill out, you know, wait for it to go through the conveyor belt. And I'm negotiating all these other things, like a lizard. I've got one eye on her, one eye on the checkout. I've got <laughs> a bunch of traffic in there, and I'm just trying to get out of there. So we get the groceries bagged up. We get home. And, you know, in our house, you know, I try to involve her in everything. And so we're putting the groceries away together. She gets her little stool. And um, I'm going to pull things out to do dinner. And she's like, Daddy, I'd really like to have some of those olives. And there's no olives. I can't find the olives. And I'm like, instantly, I turn into my parent, how I was parented. I want there to be someone to blame. I want Frankie to know that I told her to stop fucking with the olives. And so now the reason why there's no olives is because she took them off the conveyor belt stop stop paying attention and they got stuck somehow and didn't make it into the bag and so this is the story that i've told myself and this is how i'm communicating to my child now i'm telling you a personal story but just kind of position this within your own salon environment you know pick a story and translate it into your salon environment well as i'm pulling you know and she's like you know, daddy, I want some olives. And I'm like, well, Frank's had you listened to daddy. And we keep going back and forth, back and forth until finally I'm like, I don't want to hear any more about the olives, Frankie. If you would have just listened to what I said, you'd be eating olives right now. And so she gets quiet and dejected. And I start pulling things out to make the meal for our friends. And I noticed, well, we don't have carrots or onions either. We don't have three <laughs> or four things that were on that conveyor belt. And now all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm thinking, I forgot a bag. We get back in the car, we drive up to Whole Foods, and sure enough, daddy forgot a bag. And so I go get the bag, I bring it to the car, and now I'm getting goosebumps telling you this story, man. I'm doing the walk of shame to my car to my six-year-old, and I'm waiting for her to treat me like my parents treated me. And I'm not a victim here. I'm not suggesting that I'm, you know, I need therapy like the rest. I'm just saying that like, I was expecting her to shame me, to not extend any grace to me, to just be like, daddy, I told you, blah, blah, blah. And you should, you know, and so we get back in the car. I, I get back in the car. I show her, I said, Frank's daddy forgot a bag. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And she goes, daddy, I told you I didn't forget the I didn't mess with the olives and I said daddy shouldn't have talked to you like that I'm really sorry and she said it's okay things happen daddy and so she extended me some grace but the way that I coached her and parented her was off of my own projected fears of the way that I was raised and so the point of me telling you this story is in order for you to create a healthy culture, you got to do some self-reflection here. You can't coach and, and grow people based on your expectations of how you see the world. The rest of the world doesn't see it the way that you see it. And most of the time, the way that you're reacting to things is some sort of uh, 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 a self, um, the, way that you, the, the way that you've self-soothed yourself as you've grown up. You know, it worked for you as a child, but not 
growing up as a parent. You got to be open. You got to be willing to be a little bit humble and you got to be willing to let other people participate in the conversation and not be so fear, fearful, reacting to fear. So when I grow up, I want to be just like Frankie, but Frankie <laughs> has helped evolve the culture of blow. <laughs> Stories like that. That is so true. Cause a lot of times, you know, when something happens, you automatically have a certain reaction, right? And it stems from childhood or it stems from, you know, re- how you responded your whole life to something. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean it's, it's what it should be done by you. Like just you being able to humble yourself to your six-year-old, you know what I mean? That's, that speaks volume because it, it, it does take some humility and, and, and self-reflection and, you know, to, to be able to lead and grow a team like you did. I mean, I, I have mad respect for it. Ultimately, you, you, you've got two choices. You can, you can have the situation that you're trying to deal with, whatever it is, whether it's a training system, you know, a customer service initiative, marketing, whatever it is, or you can have that situation and how you've reacted to it. Whatever shitstorm you've created in the collective that's going to influence it and ultimately i've found that just admitting that i don't know most of the time (laughs) and and having an open dialogue people aren't threatened by that they actually appreciate it and i guess that goes back to the transparency that uh that you are uh that's part of your uh, value system yeah but when you say how do you bring that into the culture i mean you know it's it's on the daily man it's on the daily It, it 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 where where we've become successful is that we've learned how to make them more. And we talked about this in the last episode, make them more, make the values more than just an answer to a test. You know, it's, it's not something that, that I was in a a one-on-one the other day with uh, one of my leaders and she was talking about how she was mentoring her associate and she wanted particular behaviors from the associate. And she didn't care what the result of the behaviors were because the result isn't what's important right now. What's important is learning how to be consistent with this particular type of behavior. And then you can own the result as long as you're consistent. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, what's amazing to me is that that is a value of the organization that five years ago you would have parroted. You would have said it, but you wouldn't have really understood that it doesn't matter what the result is. What matters is developing the discipline to be consistent. You can own the result as long as you can be consistent. It will come. And she has had enough experiences within the organization where now it's an internalized philosophy that she can communicate to someone else who initially will receive it as an answer to a test. Mm. but she'll continue to talk through it when a situation calls for it. And eventually when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and that's just how we do it. Mm. Yeah. It goes back to, like you said, shared beliefs, right? So when you share the value and you believe in it, you know, you share the same attitude and you live it. You're living it. That's it, right? It takes the emotion out of it too, guys. Like, you know, you can think about conflict. That Wait a second. I'm, I'm really emotional right now. So it definitely didn't do that. 
Well, it just creates a lot of clarity, you know. I mean, you yeah. said a minute ago, you know, I guess it, 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 you know, in a situation, I guess if you don't like transparency, then that's going to get revealed. Well, you're right. And when that happens, and I'm not suggesting that every business, I mean, the word transparency is another word that's thrown around a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if whatever value it is that you identify isn't being, it's being infringed upon or compromised, it, it really is more of an observation than it is judgment. You're just pointing it out and everybody can look at it and observe it. When you're judging something, like when you're going back and forth, there's a hero and a villain, man. And when there's a hero and a villain, there's a lot of unconscious dialogue. There's gotta be somebody to blame. You know what I mean? And that creates problems within culture. Mm. Woo. All right. So Brian, um, I, 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 I want to talk about the book, but I'm just, <laughs> it's like, I'm so, it's just, it's whatever. Um, Brian, as you see, Brian's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of, and a lot of smarts to share and uh, lucky for us and lucky for the industry. He was able to put those into words and, 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 and create a book. Brian, if I wanted to uh, get your book, where do I buy it? Um, just blown away.com J U S T B L O W N A W A Y.com. It's available in paperback and soft. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Oh no. Paperback and hardcover. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Stephen King here. I don't even know what you call them. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's also on an e-reader as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But you go through that website. That's really, that, that's really, really So cool. you, you Kindle fans, you can download it. Yeah, that's you can it. download it. That's I haven't it. done the audio version yet. I, I would like to, but um, just oh. to have the experience, but I, I haven't done it yet. Dude, you got to You have to do that, man. Because I listen to audiobooks up and down my hour drive up and down 270. That's what people tell me, that they'd rather do the audio. I don't know if you want to hear my voice for that, that long, though. It's kind of a long <laughs> No, no, you have to do it because you, 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 you live the stories. I mean, I hope if you, I hope if you do it, Look, like now I'm, now I'm his director, <laughs> but I hope, <laughs> I hope if you do it, that, that, um, you just don't read the words. I, ho- I hope that you tell the stories that, that, that go around those words. Cause yeah, it's interesting that you like say it. that I have another friend who did the, an e-reader version and it's man, the guys that read books, you know, the, the people that actually do it, the voices, they are amazingly talented. Cause you're right. It, if you, if, if it sounds like you're reading a book, you lose the reader right away. So but even more than that, I just I just hope that you can you uh, you take the opportunity to say, okay, time out. Now, here's can, the story that this this is the story that motivated why I wrote this. Yeah, I got we you. can yeah. hear your convictions right now, right? Gotcha. So, yeah, read read it with your convictions. Yeah, cool. And, uh, you know, I'm a podcaster, so you know I love to hear the stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mister. Br- oh, and then uh, and then um, he also has a a, a really cool uh, tech device called Snip Snap, right? Snap snip. Snap snip. God, God, we get it backwards all the time. Man. Yeah. Snap snip. And that's a, and that's a uh, consultation um, um, uh, technology, right? It's amazing, man. It, it really is. It sets new guests up for success within a salon environment. It's available at Snap Snip app. So S-N-A-P-S-N-I-P-A-P-P.com. It's $25 a month. And it's inexcusable if you're not a Snap Snip customer. Boom. There it is. Mr. Brian Noonish, once again, well, very excited. If you're listening to this now, tune in next week and we're going to, um, we're going to get into a little bit more of culture. And um, I think that the next one could be uh, for you sitting at home could be the most value because we're actually going to um, assess where you are in your culture and, 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 and hopefully how to move forward from there. So Mr. Brian Noonish, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>